Golf ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Indeed, half past seven on this Friday morning's OTBM, the Sports Breakfast Show on Off the Ball. Myself, Shane Hannan, and it's Ashling O'Reilly alongside me this morning. Good morning, Ashling. Good morning, Shane. How's things? Are you keeping? Colin Buhig is also here. Good morning, Colin. Thanks, mate. Uh, guys, I guess the big story yesterday in world sport, certainly in football, was Deli Ali's interview that he did for the overlap with Gary Neville. Um, this was an incredible 40, 45 minutes, wasn't it? It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. When it uh, popped up in the timeline yesterday morning, I was like, I knew nothing about this. Did you? There was no promo or no um, thing. throw ahead to it. Like, And uh, as soon as I saw the thumbnail of Delhi and Gary talking, I was like, I'm going to be all over this because I'm endlessly fascinated by that guy's career. Because when he, I suppose, like correctly burst onto the scene, like to quote Micah Richards, yeah. He was phenomenal. I, I hadn't really seen a player like Deli too much because he was a strange one. You wouldn't really put him in any particular position. Like, you know, he played midfield or I suppose he was best suited to supporting Harry Kane in a deeper role. But it, he didn't exactly dictate games in midfield, but at the same time, he'd be up and down. Mm. And he was a flair player, but he would fly into tackles. But he had just a great knack of scoring really important goals and some spectacular ones as well and helped out with his fair share of assists. And like he said, one of the brilliant, one of the many brilliant quotes in the interview was like, um, people used to say I was fearless. It's like, I'm not fearless and brave. Yeah. And that's kind of how you would have described them. And then the drop off was just like nothing you've ever really seen in mm. modern football anyway. So then I was just fascinated by like, what's happened to this guy? Like, has he just completely lost all motivation ever since Maurizio Pochettino left Tottenham? Yeah. And then there's that like, the, probably the most f- famous thing that's happened to Denny in the last few years was <clears throat> the Amazon documentary clip with he and Jose Mourinho Mourinho saying like you're what is it 21 today tomorrow you'll be 50 believe me called him uh, lazy too didn't he no it wasn't in, well it wasn't in that interview no, he did, wasn't that, but, he did. but then you see as Deddy alludes to in the interview with Gary Neville a week later Mourinho apologised but Amazon didn't include that in the yeah. documentary so he felt he had an unfair edit but that was about the only finger pointing that Deddy did in the entire three quarters of an hour with Gary Neville but it's like just a stunning um, example of honesty and we were saying beforehand, it's like, I just don't think he would do that with a journalist. No. It was, you know, it was the fellow pro in Gary Neville, who I know is a media person now rather than a mm-hmm. footballer, but was still like, you're going to get this, you'll understand. Mm. But then the other side of it too is like, Deddy's saying, look, I, this is probably too early for me to do this interview. He's only three weeks out of rehab in a six-week stint in America. And he th- I think he said, ideally, it'll be another three weeks before he'd do it. But he felt under pressure to get his story out there before the tabloids yeah. did. As he put it's it, so sad. Yeah, that he, yeah. Had, that he felt the need yeah. that he had to come out and say, like, imagine the tabloids, the rags going to his agent, saying we're going to publicise this. You need to do it. like for, to be forced into something like that is disgusting. Mm. But also, he dealt with it so well in the interview. Like, even when he's talking about you know going to training with Mourinho, and as he said, he doesn't blame Mourinho for any of this. But looking in the mirror at twenty four and asking himself, you know, I just can I retire? I love I love if Gary asked him about what did he feel in that one on one meeting where Mourinho was wasn't critical of him yeah. really like he he was quite constructive actually yeah. saying like I actually rate you very highly but you need to make sure that you maximise your potential and talent mm. 
And I think Neville started asking that and then kind of went on to a different question in the same question. So I would have been interested to hear what he thought about that. But I was asking my brother-in-law as a season ticket holder at Spurs. Yeah. Obsessed, obviously. And he was saying with Delhi, even though he always seemed like a popular fella and he had like loads of friends in the Spurs camp in England, he said there was always kind of a lonely, last vibe to him. Even in the peak of his form in 2016-17, there was always something not otherworldly about him but he seemed almost distracted at times that he would just look into the distance and it wasn't even hindsight that was when he was being linked at Real Madrid by the way very fairly linked at Madrid like yeah. this guy was the real deal he's the equivalent of um, I think Martin Samuel comparing to Jude Bellingham now that you know that was yeah. that was the reputation he had and uh, like a spectacular player like no more so in that goal at Setters Park against Crystal Palace yeah. flick over the head Malatissia style but then there's crucial goals too like I remember goals to Stamford Bridge and against Manchester United and he was brilliant in the air he's quite tall mm. and uh, he just had a bit of an attitude about him he didn't really care about reputation like there was a lot to like about him and there, maverick, is, like, there is yeah exactly a maverick but the interview was incredible because this time yesterday I don't think a lot of people had much time left for Delhi mm. and now he's like uh, everywhere Mm-hmm. But it all makes sense now. There's a moment, and most people will have will have seen it. I understand that some people won't have. Uh, but there's a moment in the middle of in the middle of it all where Gary just asks him, "What what's the story here?" And he just lists off the childhood that he had, and yeah. at age six, mm. molested. At age seven, he's whatever smoking. Started smoking, yeah. Like uh, Central Africa as well, yeah. by the way. At age seven, for discipline. So to think that he came from all of that and went on yeah. to do what he's done is. Just incredible! Like it, it's it's mind blowing that he was able to do that. Unbelievable! Like yeah. he's a raw talent. Like that's evident in yeah, his play. Yeah. But my God, just the mentality to be able to do that and everything that he's been through. I just think, yeah, Gary did so well in that interview. Mm. Just the way he handled Pretty, it, and yeah. he had such patience. And you often forget, I think, with Gary as well, that yeah, he is this ex footballer and yeah. he's had this incredible career at Manchester United, but. Wow, he's an unbelievable broadcaster as well, you know. Because Gary didn't, and look, it's one of those type of interviews where you wouldn't need it, but he, he, like, he didn't have any notes in front of him. It was just a, a conversation between two people who clearly know each other from the time with England. Yeah. Mm. And he was just so... He listened to Gary, like, do you know? You got the sense that it was, that Delhi was opening up to him and maybe might, as you say, opened up to, to anyone else. Certainly not a journalist. Clearly sceptical of the media and, and journalists. Mm. Um, and probably rightly so when you see the, the things like you know, being forced to come out and talk about this when he was only in rehab three weeks ago. Um, a tough life to, to be in as well, like in football, the way it's, you know, it's it's so uncertain. Yeah. Feels like he needed a bit of stability and that's when he thrived and maybe moving clubs when managers left, like yeah. that had such an effect on him, it felt like. The, the sleeping pills thing mm. was, I, I didn't realise the extent to which sleeping pills were used in football. Even Gary seemed like, oh, this is... Footballers, you know, naturally are offered maybe sleeping pills by staff, you know, night before a big game or whatever to to get to sleep. I hadn't even considered that as something that that they might that they might need. But as he described it, like yeah, sometimes you'd be you'd have so much energy the night before a game and you have to sleep because otherwise you're not going to perform the next day. That he would take sleeping pills. But then when he says he was taking pills, he didn't put a number on it. But at eleven o'clock in the morning and and just to get him through the day and on his days off. Oh, to remove himself from reality, like from eleven a.m. Yeah, that's insanity. Yeah, but, but it, probably made, it probably made a lot of sense to him at yeah. the time, like, which was the worst thing about it. But he kept saying he was just numb. Yeah. When people tried to help, or his family, when he said they were in a room, literally crying to him, mm. begging him, you know, telling them how important he was to them, everything, what he could do, and he just said he was numb to it yeah. all. But it's all he's heard as well is like how much of a waste of talent he's been. So Gary Neville interviewed Alex Ferguson 
not too long ago for Lad Bible, I think. Yeah, I remember and he had the that. typical questions of like, oh, the player you regret not signing. His answer was Paul Gascoigne, mm-hmm. and there are parallels there. And then he said, um, was one of Gary's questions was, what player do you think is going to be a star? And, and Ferguson said, I thought Delhi was going to be, and I don't know what happened there. And that's like the yeah. godfather of British football saying that. And then that's magnified by, you know, a million because it's happened to him all the time, like all the yeah. time. But the Gascoigne thing is interesting. Um, he said in his own book, the one that came out in about 2004, the one he wrote, Gascoigne, when he was just finishing up playing. Mm. And he said, like, people call me a waste of talent. He's like, it's remarkable how much I achieved considering my upbringing yeah, and childhood. Yeah, look at the other part. Gascoigne, had a, he had an awful incident too where he was babysitting one of the neighbours. Yeah. And the neighbour was knocked down by an ice cream and and killed Jesus. and like he was blamed for it like and so and he had like he never got over that and then he has trauma that he's only dealing with now like so he's saying you know he got young player of the year twice in a row I think mm. linked to Real Madrid when at the time it made total sense that World Cup in 2018 started for England in yeah. 2018 and that was probably just past his peak yeah and that Tottenham side in the middle of the last decade the one that came second to uh, or third to Leicester in 2015-16 was a brilliant young talent side. Mm. It was kind of like the Leeds team of the turn of the century yeah. and he was very much prominent in that side. So he went, so he was sky high, right? So what he's achieved is remarkable considering yeah. what he's done. So it's totally flipped now the narrative. As I say, this time yesterday, people are saying, what a waster. Oh, Do you remember like, and that yeah. was all the, that was the headlines. Yeah. Party boy. Yeah. That's in the that's in the, the comments here. Shane says, I think the Delhi interview is a massive lesson for us all, be it when we judge people in sport or just in everyday life. You never know what anyone is going through. And that's a fair point. I think we all probably at some point judge. Our own Daniel Harris tweeted that like everyone does. I mean I think everyone knows that, but you do forget it. You do yeah. take it for granted and yeah. you do take people at face value. Hundred percent. So it is a reminder that people have stuff going on behind the scenes that they'll never let you in, like Bobby Dwyer, I know, is a, a big Spurs fan. Says, "I'm 34, and in my time supporting Spurs, Delhi, the most naturally gifted, one of the most naturally gifted players we've had in my time. Absolutely heartbreaking interview. Hopefully, this is when the weight has lifted off his shoulders and he can get back to his best on the pitch." That's it. He's 27, isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, I was so excited by listening to how we finished the interview and how positive he was and how he wants to be back mm. better than he was before. It's interesting. Bobby said that's like a resident Spurs fanatic. I, I actually thought it was a positive interview. Oh, yeah. I thought the details were harrowing like, and mm. really sad but I think it's uplifting at the end because yeah. he's like it's yeah. a weight off his shoulders and I think whatever he does now it's not quite a bonus but I think it'll be better like he hit an all time low like when he went to Everton as we know now he wasn't really present at all Yeah, and I remember Frank Lampard when he was managing them talked about him in the in press conferences and people asking like where's Delhi what's the story with Delhi mm. and he'd be quite curt and short being like Delhi needs to kind of commit to football so mm. the, you know that line itself would add to the idea that this yeah. guy didn't care. Like, And then he goes off the Besiktas and then I remember myself and Phil Egan talking about him one morning here in the office saying, oh, just see, Delhi got booed off the pitch by Besiktas fans and he was taken off in the first half of the game by the manager mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be the star player in the number 10 position. Yeah. And he's trotting off and he's just his head down and he's looking into the distance and everyone's thinking the same thing. This guy does not care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It that turned out he really... That was the caring was not the problem for Daddy Ali. Like he says, he's in such a positive place now, and he even even Gary asked him about his about Everton, and you know he wants to go back. He's got a year left in his contract with Everton, but he he's not putting pressure on himself. He, you kind of get the sense that he's like, well, if it doesn't work out at Everton, it doesn't work out. Yeah, but I feel great, and like who knows what the future holds for for him. But I, I, yeah, I feel it, like it's not question. just football. Yeah, you know he kept talking about hoping that this will help just one person exactly, and having a bit more of a purpose and stuff. He kept mm. mentioning things like that, so. 
I think he'll do so much more than with just football now. I know oh, it's yeah. hard to balance both, um, but that Foster family must be really it must be the most amazing group of people, people like you yeah. said, because like he speaks so well. Yeah. He's so thoughtful. Mm. He's still really young, like mm. even at twenty seven, like you're still kind of a baby at that age and life experience like it's only fifteen years ago that he was adopted. Like you That's know. such Absolutely. a good point, because the way he got that story across you know, yeah. that's not easy to articulate in your emotions oh. and, and everything that goes with it. And he was amazing in the interview if you actually think about it that right. way. Yeah. Just the way he's so he, he's kind of philosophical really for a, a young man like yeah. but he's lived two lives like you said there you he's know? unbelievable so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with him yeah. um, I don't know if his future's at Everton I don't even know if it's in football. England football. well I know I, I think he'll play I think he will he'll play, play football yeah, again yeah. you have to bear in mind too you, what you'd forget is that he's he's injured like he's physically injured yeah, so yeah. I, who knows how fit he's going to be when he comes back and if he I don't he may not be the same player he was he may have peaked very early in his career mm. But uh, I'd love. I think if he does play for Everton next season, or a Premier League side, the ovation he's going to get in that first game, yeah. you'd imagine, would oh. be very positive. As the season goes on, if he does play the whole campaign next year in England, he will have times where fans are going to use that interview against him. Of course, and he's probably he's probably ready for that. They're going to call him all sorts that of things. That is horrific. But yeah. they will, and you know, you know, they will. Like when oh, time yeah. moves on, people are going to start using that against him. But I genuinely don't think he'll care about that, don't think and so. that this helps. So look, I hope um, I hope we see him on the pitch because, as Bobby Dwyer's alluded to there, like what a talent! Yeah, and a raw. I talent. actually miss the footballer Delhi, but now the person Delhi is sky high. All oh, big time. So uh, keep your comments coming in. Greg Caffrey says some of the British press are disgraceful forcing someone to do that per chap, but he's coming right. <coughs> I fully agree with you there. Um, Michael saying, unfortunately, currently media culture doesn't allow the human aspect of professional sport. There are many more like Delhi behind the scenes, but rarely acknowledged. Um, yeah, it's true. And, and like key those comments coming in because, as Shifty Lad says here, his style of playing just made it look like he didn't care too much. Hopefully the lad has a great career ahead. Yeah, that was the thing as well. That's also a really good point. Back the attitude. language style. Yeah. Um, kind of like, oh, still be. Yeah, uh, it added to it. But it worked. It worked for him. Yeah. And people used to praise him for that. Mm, it's true. I encourage anyone who hasn't seen the interview, by the way, to, to give it a look on, on YouTube or wherever you watch it's it. It's all over the back page. It's, it's like, I mean, what, like, what an impact that interview has had. Like, fair play to Gary Neville. It's unbelievable, yeah. Fair play to, for him and, and to Delhi as well for, for coming out and talking about it as well. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.